You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogmeyer, and we are two writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers together for over six seasons doing our own Facebook Live show, Chargers Domination Live. I also write for the LA Football Network, but we've been the host of the Locked On Chargers podcast for the last four seasons, bringing you your team every day. All right, guys, well, we hope you enjoyed the final mock draft Monday, and today will be the final mock draft Tuesday, but... Before we get into that, let me just welcome everyone into the show. A special thank you to anyone who's checking out the show for the first time. Very exciting week, if that's the case, with the draft coming up. And another thank you to all of our loyal fans as well. And if you don't already, make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcasts from. The Odyssey app, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can find us there, and it's the easiest way to keep up with the show. So, today will be a continuation of our seven-round mock draft. Our official mock drafts for the Chargers, where we're getting into... Some guys that make a lot of sense for the Chargers and also, you know, some guys that we are really bullish on as well. So today we are going to be starting with the fourth round in the first segment. So we're each going to talk about our fourth round picks for the Chargers and get into why they make sense for the team and what we like most about the players. I get an interior offensive lineman. David ends up getting an edge rusher. So there's a good conversation there. Then in the second segment today, we will be getting into pick number 159. In the fifth round, and then also the Chargers' first sixth round pick, pick number 185, where I end up addressing some needs on the defensive front. To wrap up the show today, we'll be getting into the final two picks for the Chargers. Their second sixth round pick at 198, and then their 241st pick in the seventh round. So let's go ahead and get into it. First, I just want to recap what happened on yesterday's show, just in case anyone out there didn't get to listen to it. For me, the picks went like this. The first picks for the Chargers were Christian Derrissaw in the first round. Then I, in the second round, was able to scoop up Asante Samuel Jr. Then going back around into the third round, I got Tommy Tremble, the tight end from Notre Dame. And then with my last pick at 97, the second third round pick, I ended up getting Hamsan Nazaruddin, one of my favorite prospects in the draft. For David, he ended up in the first round with Rashawn Slater, had him fall to him, so that was a great value pick, obviously. Second round ends up getting Javon Holland, a safety that we really like. Then with a big need at corner in the third round, he's able to get Paulson Adebo, who is someone that has been really rising up draft boards lately. And then to end the third round for him, he ends up with a J2 Feely, adding some presence to the interior of the Chargers defensive line, which is something I will address today because I haven't done that yet, and I do think it is an underrated name for the team. So let's get into the fourth round pick now, David. So you have a few different needs at this point that you still have to find in this draft. So with your fourth round pick, pick number 118, who did you go with? Yeah, definitely still some needs out there, Daniel. And then for me, the one that had the most importance that was left on my list of needs on my board was edge rusher. And this was a little bit difficult for me because I went through a couple of different guys at this. I know I wanted an edge rusher, but I just needed to find the guy that I think has the most potential and that you know could really have a home in this Chargers defense with Brandon Staley. And the guy I settled on was Hamilcar Rashid Jr., the edge rusher out of Oregon State. He's six foot three, 258 pounds. 
In 2019, he was absolutely ridiculous. He had 22 and a half tackles for loss, 14 sacks. He went absolutely insane. And, you know, in his two years that he really had major production, he had 35 tackles for loss. So, I mean, this guy, he has production. The only thing that kind of turns you off about this this prospect here is in 2020, it is a completely different situation. It's like Jekyll and Hyde. And unfortunately, Hyde reared its ugly head in 2020, and he was not the same player. But I am betting on that potential that I saw in 2019 because I saw that he was a violent hitter. Like he, he, It's like a car crash when he hits you. I saw that several times in 2019. I love that. He's a good chase player against the run. He has a pretty good hand swipe. The only thing is, is are you comfortable and are you confident that you can take what you saw in 2019 and project that in the pros? And the reason why I think this is a good pick for the Chargers is because he doesn't have to feel pressured to come in and play right away, Daniel. There is some edge rushers on the team that are already ready to go. And that way this guy can learn and he can get better and then he can go out there and perform when he's ready. He's a very interesting prospect because of what you talked about. I mean, the huge dip in production. I mean, his role on the defense in 2020 was much different. He's playing off the ball more at times, but zero sacks is alarming, obviously. And he is another guy that could go in round three, could go in round six. You just don't know where he's going to go. But at this point in the draft, you're taking a flyer on somebody. You're hoping that you can tap into that upside that he showed in 2019. I don't mind that pick. I mean, edge is definitely something that you need. I need it as well, and I don't get to address it early in this draft as much as I would like to because I do like some players up there, and I decided to fill other needs. But one of the things I thought was really, really good value in the fourth round for me was interior offensive line. And even though the Chargers had a big spending spree in free agency to presumably bring in three new starters I want to keep adding to that group. I want to set up for the future with, you know, Adeo Bushi only on a one-year contract and just being, you know, a team that plans ahead and has a plan for the future of the offensive line. So one of the guys that fell to me at 118 was Aaron Banks. So this is a guy who's a third or fourth round prospect. He definitely slid a little bit to me in this mock draft, but I'll absolutely take it because this is a guy that I absolutely loved at the Senior Bowl week. I mean, besides Dylan Radins, this was my favorite offensive lineman. Well, you know what? Quinn Miners was there too, so they're tied for second as far as my favorite linemen go at the Senior Bowl. But this guy is a pancake machine. I mean, if you get off balance at all in front of this guy, he's going to put you on the dirt, whether it's in the running game or when he's pass blocking. I mean, he's a nasty finisher. He fits in my profile of what I've been going after in this draft, which is guys that are physically imposing, have that nasty attitude, love him there, can move people in the running game too, and he obviously has some things to work on. His anchor was a little bit questionable at times, and I think that's because he got off balance because he was trying to stay in front of rushers, which was another issue, but I would definitely bet on the upside here. This is a guy I really love, and I think if he falls to the fourth round, David, and I can keep adding to that improved offensive line, I'll be very happy about it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely see that there is a need into your offensive line, just depth, I mean, in general. And I like this pick. There's the Notre Dame uh, also connection there with Tom Telesco having a hard-on for Notre Dame players. He's drafted many of them in his tenure as the Chargers general manager. And this is a quality player at this pick. I mean, I, I like that a lot, honestly. One is one where, yes, it was a need, but when I got to that pick, I just thought he was the best player available. Some of the edge rushers I thought I would target there, didn't end up making it to me. So 
I figured why not reinforce the interior of the offensive line, play him for the future, and just keep bringing in talented offensive linemen because we know how much injuries have played a role for the Chargers offensive line in recent history. I mean, and seemingly forever. So I get that need crossed off my list because I did want to double down on offensive line. I still wouldn't mind doubling down on tackle because of, you know, Brian Bulaga and the uncertainty there. But here I had one of my favorite interior offensive linemen with Aaron Banks and you get an edge rusher that you think could help in that group and a need for the Chargers for sure because they have not been able to get enough pressure. But we do have two more segments to get into. So in the next segment, we'll be getting into our fifth round pick for the Chargers and the first of their sixth round picks where we'll keep addressing needs and try to find the best value for the Chargers in those rounds. And we'll get into that coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, that this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag, the official betting sponsor of the Locked On Chargers podcast. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all of the action at BetOnline. This week has a ton of sports action, too. This is a great week to get on it because the draft is happening. There's a ton of fun stuff to bet on there. The Kentucky Derby is back, and the first leg of the Triple Crown begins this weekend. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all of your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and UFC and MMA action. And last week was a great weekend to bet on UFC as well. But don't sit on the sidelines anymore because this is your chance to get in on the game. And if you guys head to the website or use your mobile device today, you can receive a free 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you have to do is enter the promo code LOCKEDON. That's promo code LOCKEDON, all caps, one word for free money on your first deposit only at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, well, let's continue to get into our final seven-round mock draft that we're doing right now. This is a two-parter, a two-day event here, and we wanted to make sure we really got into all of these picks, and we didn't have any of the same picks, right? So it's 18 different prospects we're discussing over this two-day period, and now for me, in this round, I start to look at what needs I haven't been able to cross off yet. And interior defensive line is one. Edge rusher is one. I'd like to add more special teams value to the team, too. And I think there's other arguments for other positions as well. But but before we get into that, I need to tell you guys that this year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from your Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page now. To watch the live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. So let's get into this one, David. We know what needs you want to fill at this point with who you got in the last round. You get your edge rusher crossed off the list. What position are you attacking with the fifth-round pick for the Chargers? Yeah, so in the fifth-round pick for me, I mean, the corner depth uh, for me on this team is lacking. I just don't see very many people behind Michael Davis and Chris Harris Jr. that I feel really comfortable with going out there and providing any kind of help on the defense. So and at this position, I'm adding another corner and also a guy I feel that can come in and help on special teams, just give another athlete to special teams coordinator Darius Swinton to help with one of the worst units in NFL history. And that guy is Ambry Thomas, the corner out of Michigan. He's got pretty good size, five foot 11, six foot right around there, 190 pounds. A guy I saw improve year over year when I was watching his tape. Um, I think he's generally in good position most of the time in coverage. I think he's really good at jamming wide receivers and disrupting their routes, which I loved. 
and he's kind of an inconsistent tackler. Um, he can do it, and that's the reason why I say incons- inconsistent because I've seen him do it, but I've also seen him whiff in the open space. So I need to see him shore that up at the next level, but I see enough tools here that I can see him forcing his way onto the field sooner rather than later with the Chargers, and that is still a position I think they need to add more to. That's why I go grab another corner for the Bolts. Yeah, I mean, I love just the thought process of doubling down at corner, and I think it's something that for the Chargers with the depth issues that I see them having right now on the offensive line, at cornerback, at safety, I mean, there's a couple different positions they could decide to double down, so I don't mind that pick at all. For my fifth-round pick, I ended up going with a guy that fills a big need for me at this point of the draft, and in a very light interior defensive line class, I'm happy that I was able to end up with this guy in the fifth round, and that is Bobby Brown the third from Texas A&M. Loved his tape against Alabama. I mean, the guy is a bowl in a china shop. Did not want to stay blocked. Refused to be blocked, and I think that was one of the things that stood out to me the most was just his violence. I mean, he's a very violent player that can split double teams, doesn't stick to blocks, has those violent hands, but at the same time, you know, when he wasn't able to split double teams, he definitely got driven off the line of scrimmage, but I thought for the most part, He held his ground well in the running game. Definitely not a refined pass rusher, but I could see with his athletic ability, him being someone that potentially could learn a lot from the Chargers coaching staff if he was to develop, he could be that guy. But he is a penetrating, attacking type of player, and I want to add some defensive linemen that would fit in Brandon Staley's scheme. So for me, Bobby Brown III was someone that I like for a class that doesn't have a ton of talented interior defensive linemen. I found one I liked him, Bobby Brown. I'm glad to be able to get him in the fifth round and cross that off my list of things I need at this point. So let's move on to the first of the sixth round picks for the Chargers, which is pick 185. David, the Chargers have a few picks here really close together. You have 185, and you also have 198. So getting into your first pick in the sixth round, who did you decide to go with? In the sixth round, I was looking for a wide receiver who could potentially replace the skill set that Mike Williams brings to the table. A bigger body guy who's got some size, who's got some speed, who's got some ball skills. And that led me to the track star, Michael Straken, out of Charleston, the six foot five, 225 pounder. He spent three years there, and yeah, it's a smaller conference. And I always say, if you are in a smaller conference in college, you better dominate incredible production in college. Yes, he was in a smaller conference, but he absolutely dominated. He had 27 career touchdowns, which is absolutely ridiculous. It was very common to see him moss guys and jump on top of them. He has that elite frame that you're looking for. He's a little bit raw. He needs to get a little bit better with his technique on his routes, but he's a guy who's absolutely able to jump at the rim and get open and you know get those fades. He excels at that. Some of the things I don't really like about Michael Strachan is that it takes a little bit of time for him to get up to full speed. He doesn't; really, He's not really that quick off the line, and he needs to do a better job of using that bigger frame in the running game to be a more effective blocker, Daniel. Yeah, I mean, there's plenty of guys that are big, but do you use that body well? And I think in some cases he does. In some cases he doesn't, but he's definitely one of those late-round guys that's picked up a little bit of steam just because of those physical attributes. Pretty fast dude who has that big profile that you're talking about can go up and get balls as well i have a pick that's somewhat similar to that coming up in the next segment as well with the second of my six round picks but for this one i wanted to get some edge help and i know that in the sixth round you're probably not going to get a ton of edge help right so for me i went with a guy who 
fits what Tom Telesco likes as far as a guy, you know, stayed in school for a little while, ended up being a team captain, consistent production, even if he doesn't have the explosive NFL traits. And that is Chauncey Golston, the edge rusher from Iowa, a guy who I've seen rated as a sixth or seventh round players in some places and seen him ranked as a fourth round player in others. So the where this guy is going to be drafted is truly a mystery at this point. But I think one of the things that is going to make him drop to this point is just he is a little bit stiff. He doesn't have that elite bend that you're looking for. And also for a really tall guy, ends up struggling with pad level a lot, which we see with a ton of offensive and defensive line prospects, right? So for Chauncey Golson, one of the things that stood out to me was just getting his hands up all the time, getting in those passing lanes. He ended up with three career interceptions, but super long arms to lock out offensive linemen. There's a lot to like, and I really liked his physical presence, setting the edge, locking out defenders, and making plays in the running game. Because I think even if the pass rush skills don't fully develop, you're going to get a guy who can come in and contribute. He sets a physical edge. He can play in the running game and maybe even start there earlier on in his career as he kind of refines his pass rushing skills. But loved his motor. Loved what he put on tape. I love the consistent production. 27 career tackles for loss is something I really liked. So he can be an impact player, whether that's as a true pass rusher. It's going to take a lot of work there. But somebody that I think is worth the risk, especially getting the value of him being a sixth-round pick. But we do have two more picks to get into because we have filled a lot of needs. But now it's time to get into the second of the Chargers' sixth-round picks and also their seventh-round pick, the true wild cards of the draft. We're going to get in some of the prospects we like very deep in the draft coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys, if there's any kind of auto part that you ever need, I hope you know that the only place that you should be going is rockauto.com. For me, I don't know a lot about cars. And really, when something does go wrong with my car, what I want most is to get it fixed and have it fixed conveniently and be able to get the part that I need conveniently. And that's what I get with rockauto.com because even for someone like me that doesn't know a ton about cars... In just a few easy clicks, I've done this multiple times. I've been able to put in the type of car that I have and find the exact part that I need. And the best part about it is getting the best price. I mean, whether you're a mechanic or a daily driver, everybody gets the same low price with rockauto.com. And if you're not trying to save money when you're getting something done to your car, I mean, some people are like, yeah, whatever, I'll just pay whatever because I don't really know and I'll get it fixed. Don't do that. Go to rockauto.com, see if you can find the part there and you can get it delivered right to your house. So, all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now today to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com. All right. Well, now we have filled a bunch of needs for the chargers. We ended up getting some edge rushing help. I ended up getting an offensive tackle and an interior offensive lineman to show up the offensive line. I got a safety, I got a corner, I even got an interior defensive lineman at this point. But I still have a couple of needs and a couple of specific types of players I'm trying to get for the Chargers in the 6th and 7th round. So let's start here with pick number 198 in the 6th round. The Chargers have two in the upcoming draft. So David, it's hard to hit a home run with these picks, right? You have to be finding players who are going to fit a certain role. So with your 198th pick, who did you end up going with? Yeah, I mean, you doubled up on the interior offensive line at this pick. I am looking to do the same. I just still think there is not enough depth there, not not enough players I feel comfortable with. So I'm looking at Jack Anderson out of Texas Tech. He's a big guy, six foot four, three 315, 
pounds. He's very versatile. He can play both guard spots. He's very durable. He played most of his games in college without dealing with very many injuries. I think he's very strong at the point of attack, and he plays through the whistle, which I love that effort. I think he fires into his blocks, which I love. Um, Some of the things that he needs to work on at the next level, he's late with his hands. He has some spotty footwork in space, which, you know, with bigger guys like that, which is kind of typical. But uh, as as a prospect, I like what he is capable of doing. I like the durability, and I definitely can see a fit for him in in this Chargers offensive line group. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as like where the Chargers needs are, I think the sixth round probably fits that better just because you have some top flight, you know, quality starting guys on the interior now, which you haven't had in years past. So now you get a guy in the sixth round that you don't have to rush in that can be a little bit more of a developmental pick. So I don't mind that pick at all. I mean, I like doubling down on offensive line. I like getting an interior offensive lineman, even though the Chargers address some of that in free agency. Keep building. Keep having picks. The more picks you make on the offensive line, at least a better chance you have to get a good Eventually, one of them is going to work out, right? (laughs) I mean, don't hold your breath, Chargers fans. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, more more at-bats equal more hits, right, Tom Telesco? But getting into my 198th pick, this isn't necessarily a need, but at first I thought I was going to be able to get Simi Fehoko because the draft network lied to me and told me that, you know, he was like 190th ranked prospect, but I realized everyone else has him in like the third or the fourth round, so... He will not be the pick here, but loved what I saw from that dude. I mean, so violent after the catch. Has great top-end speed. He's kind of like a Chase Claypool light a little bit. But instead, I ended up going with another one of my senior bull crushes, and I went with Dez Fitzpatrick, who plays bigger than his size. He's under six foot three, right around six foot three actually, but is another guy that would kind of fill in in that Mike Williams type of role, a guy that can truly play on the outside because when you look at the Chargers receivers, Jalen Guyton, Tyron Johnson, K.J. Hill, Joe Reed, and Keenan Allen. I mean, none of those guys really are best fit on the outside. Like, obviously, Keenan Allen can do it, and he'll continue to do it. But you don't really have the size on the outside that you would like if Mike Williams does decide to walk. So this is a guy who I thought was a really crafty route runner, a guy that isn't an elite separator, but I think separates better than Mike Williams did coming out of college because of that, but has spectacular catch ability has contested catchability, comes back to the ball, attacks the ball at the high point. Offensive MVP from the senior ball. I mean, he was a guy that really, really stood out, but he drops the ball a lot. So it hurts. I mean, he's a guy I really like. It's like Tevin Reese, man. Remember Tevin Reese a couple years ago? So, so fast, but I mean, he could not keep his hands on the football. Yeah, I mean, totally different type of player, but I get what you're saying. I mean, you have to be able to catch the ball. Obviously, I mean, you think he had like 10 catches during the senior bowl. It was something ridiculous. So he has all the ability. I don't know if it's a lack of focus thing with him or what. And the other thing is, is I worry a little bit with him because he is a little bit slender at the next level, being able to deal with physical corners who are going to try to press him at the line of scrimmage. I think he ended up running a mid four fours. So he end up he has some speed. He's not, you know, a burner, so to speak. But the Chargers have a couple of really fast guys already. Just a guy I really like, a guy that can make some spectacular catches. He is going to drop some, uh, you know, sometimes. Hopefully, if he can fix that, I think he could contend, you know, for a roster spot in a very crowded wide receiver room. But I think he would fit what the Chargers will need next year, planning for the future. Maybe he sticks around in the practice squad, something like that. But I really, really like him as a player. So even though the Chargers don't have a big need at wide receiver, I decided to take him here with the second of their two six-round picks. So let's get into the final pick for the Chargers. I'm excited to get to my pick here, David. Obviously, 
you're looking for very specific things at this point, like we've talked about. I mean, mostly you're looking for special teams players. If you end up getting a DB or a linebacker, they're probably going to mostly focus on special teams. You can find some other, you know, receivers or offensive skill position players who you think might have high upside or might be super underrated. So with the 241st pick for the Chargers in this draft, the last pick of all of our mock drafts, who do you end up taking? So up to this point in the draft, I have addressed many needs. I've gotten the edge help. I got the corners. I got the offensive line. I got a wide receiver in case of Mike Williams leaving. I feel pretty good about all the things I have done, but I have not got a tight end, a guy who I really feel good about coming in and being a really good quality blocker. I think we have plenty of pass catching tight ends on this roster right now, but we don't. I don't really see very many people that I feel comfortable with going in there and being that inline blocker, that guy who's going to help in, in the running game and as a pass blocker. So I'm looking for that in the seventh round, and I find that with Sean Byer, the tight end out of Iowa, who... I mean, Iowa has produced a lot of very, very good tight ends. So, I mean, Hawkinson, just one of them to name. Six foot five, 250 pounds for Sean Beyer. Very limited offensive production. I mean, 18 receptions, 275 yards. He had a good yards per reception average at 15.3, but just not a large sample size. He wasn't really used very much. He has a limited route tree, and that's kind of the reason why. But he has played a lot of special teams, so he is another guy who's going to come in and be on that unit and add another athlete to that unit. He's a very effective run blocker, though, and that's what caught my eye. He can get out on the sweeps. He can get on the screens, and you feel really good about him being a road grader. He finished his blocks and he will block until the end of the play which that's what I want I want a guy who's going to come in and really be dominant as a run blocker I did see that on Sean Byer's tape so that is why primarily I took Sean Byer to round out my draft class for 2021 yeah I mean I think that's a position that you know a blocking tight end not necessarily a receiving tight end that isn't going to get fans super excited it's not going to be a flashy pick that a guy gets and you know taken in the second round or something like that. So I do think for that position specifically and with that specific thing you're looking for out of that position, it makes sense that you'd be able to get one of those guys later on. And I would say, you know, probably you'd have to contribute on special teams too. Those guys, you know, are usually those guys that are on special teams too, especially, you know, the third and fourth string tight ends. We saw Steven Anderson really struggle in some of those moments as a special teams player last year. So that would be very interesting. For me, I'm very excited about this pick, and of course, Daniel Popper had to go and copy me in his mock draft with his seventh round pick. It is Avery Williams, the kick return specialist out of Boise State. He's listed as a corner, did play some corner, but you're making this pick for one reason and one reason only. This guy is an absolute dynamo in the return game and as a special teams player. He had five blocked kicks, not just a return man. Five blocked kicks in his career, 152 career total tackles. He's a guy that can tackle and will play, you know, all four phases of special teams. But his punt return ability is the thing that's most attractive here. Six punt return touchdowns in his career at Boise State. He averaged 14 yards per return his junior and senior year combined. This is a guy that you bring in and instantly upgrades a punt return position that has been awful for the Chargers. Whether it was Desmond King or Travis Benjamin muffing punts, even though they had the upside of taking them back. Whether it's just the carousel of guys they had at the position last year, like KJ Hill and whoever else they decided to put back there at times. I mean, it was very random at points last year. They haven't been able to really lock down that spot in a long time. Basically, everyone they've had there has lost the spot. 
and not really been productive. So this is a guy that brings that in spades. He also has three kick return touchdowns, nine total return touchdowns in his career. But not just that, he can play gunner as well on the outside. I've seen him do a good job of downing punts inside the five-yard line at times. This is a guy who is just a special teams pick only. So even though I don't get to double down on you know someone like a cornerback in this draft, I'm putting all my eggs in the Asante Samuel Jr. basket because I don't think that you know at 5'9", Avery Williams is going to be able to come in and play corner at the next level. But really like this pickup for the Chargers. Someone that would absolutely add some much-needed juice for Darius Winton and the Chargers special teams unit. I would love this pick for the Chargers. And the funny thing is the only reason... I even really knew who this guy was, was just because he was actually supposed to come on the show, him and Michael Strachan actually, but ended up not working out. So maybe if he gets drafted, the Chargers will be able to get him then. But for me, as a seventh round pick, finding a guy that, you know, could make contributions right away for the Chargers and has a clear path of making the roster, it was one I couldn't get up to the podium quickly enough to make. So for me... Special teams demon, man. That's awesome. Oh, for sure. I mean... Watch that guy's highlight tape. I mean, it's it's pretty extensive. So, David, now we are done with our full seven-round mock draft. So, let's just remind everyone of the picks that we ended up making. So, for me, in the first round, 13th overall, I got Christian Derisaw. In the second round, I was able to come back and get Asante Samuel Jr., my two biggest needs off the board. In the third round, I took Tommy Tremble, which admittedly is just a guy that I really like and another guy that can add some juice and physicality, and so can my other third-round pick, the 97th overall pick, Hamza Nazaruldin, one of my favorite players just in general in this class. So on today's show, I ended up filling some other needs throughout the roster that I didn't get to on days one and two. I got Aaron Banks, the offensive guard, to pick 118. With my fifth-round pick, I ended up getting Bobby Brown the third. My two sixth-round picks were Chauncey Golson, the edge defender from Iowa, and also Des Fitzpatrick, the wide receiver for Louisville, and then I wrapped things up with Avery Williams. So I didn't end up getting, you know, some more linebacker depth or linebackers that could play special teams. I didn't end up getting as high of an edge rusher as I wanted to. It didn't, you know, didn't fall to me that way. And I didn't get to double down on offensive tackle. Those are probably where I feel like I missed the most on this draft, but obviously you have to make some tough decisions. David, how did your final draft class stack up? Yeah, I mean, looking at my final draft class, uh, I mean, I I like what I saw. I mean, I like what I was able to do in this draft class. Rashawn Slater fell to me at 13. I couldn't get to the podium fast enough. I had to make that pick. It's an automatic thing for me. Javon Holland, I got the safety in the second round out of Oregon. Um, Just a versatile player who I can really see uh, starring in Brandon Staley's defense. Then I got corner with Paulson Adebo out of Stanford. I get Jay Tefili, the interior defensive lineman slash pass rusher in the middle from USC. I like a lot of the things he can bring to the middle of that defensive line. Then I get uh, a little bit of a wild card with Hamakar Rashid uh, Jr., the edge out of Oregon State, which, uh, I mean, I'm betting on some upside that I saw, and I'm hoping that the coaches are able to unlock that or bring that back out of him. Then I'm going back with corner, getting Ambry Thomas out of Michigan. I just think that position needs more depth. That's why I took another one. Then I go to wide receiver and get Michael Strachan, the six foot five, two 225-pounder out of Charleston to kind of be an insurance policy in case Mike Williams decides to leave or the Chargers cut bait with him 
either way. My next pick, I'm going to interior offensive line. I get Jack Anderson, the guard out of Texas Tech. Just a very uh, steady, versatile, durable type of player. And then I get a blocking special teams type player in tight end Sean Beyer out of Iowa. And I think for both of our drafts, you know, the picks and where these guys could get picked in other mock drafts, I mean, it's always going to vary depending on who you ask and the value, especially once you get to day three of the draft. But I think we had a very clear plan in mind. And even though at times maybe we went a little bit too, you know, much position of need, I think that we also found some really good value in our mock drafts as well. And we really had a lot of fun doing the mock drafts with you guys this year. I mean, it was an exhausting process, to be sure. I'm not going to downplay that at all. I'm happy that we're giving our last mock draft today. Right. I mean, it's been a grind. I feel like a caveman for how much time I've spent you know, staring at my computer screen and just staying indoors for hours watching film. So it has been a fun process. I'm glad I got to do it. It's the most in-depth that we've gotten to get into this process in our time covering the Chargers. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope you guys you know, know that we're not draft experts, but... You know, we can still watch football and know football enough to figure out some guys that we like. So we hope you guys enjoyed the process. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. Another thank you to everyone who sent us their fan mock drafts as well. But on tomorrow's show, we're probably going to be getting into the latest mock draft tracker from the Chargers and get, you know, who the consensus number one guy is from all of the experts around the country for the Chargers with the 13th overall pick because we have two more days until the draft so maybe we'll try to get into some voicemails tomorrow if they're draft related if you guys have a voicemail the number is 323-524-7924 and we try to get every charge voicemail on the show and also there's an article from pff where they rank the charges as the 25th best roster in the nfl maybe we'll get to that or maybe we won't give them the time of day it's hard to say at this point but until then guys make sure to follow us wherever you get your podcast from whether that's the Odyssey app or Spotify or Apple Podcasts the Char- the Locked on Chargers podcast will be there and that's the fastest and easiest way to get the show and if you like the show make sure to rate and review so we can keep it going as well you can follow us on all social media for the most part you can find us on Instagram at Locked on Chargers on Twitter at Locked on LAC and we have a Facebook page Locked on Chargers as well where you guys can get all of the shows if you choose to do it that way but We'll be back with you guys tomorrow with more draft talk with the hype train going berserk right now, only two days away from the draft. We're excited to talk to you then. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.